back at it again. Yes, we are. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. Casual Conversation Podcast with Will and Gary. Thanks for stopping by. It really has been a long time since me and Gary have done an episode, but here we are. Got a new one coming for you today, baby. It's going to be a good one, though. We do kind of remember how to how to podcast and how to how to talk on the episode, so we didn't forget. Maybe you guys didn't forget how to listen either, but anyway, um, I just want to thank you guys for, for tuning in, if you do, and um, we appreciate it. We really enjoyed getting back getting back on the grind and, and doing this. So once again, thanks you guys for stopping by and I hope you enjoy the show. We're back, baby. Back in the saddle again. <laughs> Holy cannolis. Coming to you live from the legendary, infamous, world-renowned Gary's Dad's Shop. Gary's Dad's Shop. Coach Sam's Shop. There's been a lot of ping pong, a lot of high school uh, mischief that has happened in this shop. A rave? Yeah, there was a rave. That happened in this shop. Lots of lasers, lots of fog. Lasers. Dude, I remember we actually had, not going to drop any names, but uh, we had a dude come into our rave, and he had to leave because he said it was too much. The fog, the fog was too much. He for couldn't him. handle it. He we just stepped outside, hard, bro. <laughs> it <laughs> was hard. You, that tells you how epic the rave was. Yeah, we were 16. Yeah. It was epic. Epic. Well, holy cow. Uh, how long has it been, Gary? What do you think? Oh, I'll man. Go, I'll go back and check later. I don't know for sure, but. I don't think we've done one this year. No. We definitely haven't done one this year. I was so thinking like four months. Was it Mar- It's March 26th at the moment. Uh, probably five months. Yeah. Wow. We, You know, we had such a long run, too. We were like almost at, I mean, I don't know how many episodes we have. But there's 52 weeks in a year. We almost had a year's worth of weeks. The last one loaded on my computer was 40. So I think we did 40. Oh dang! But still, still though, we we were we were there, you know. Yeah. And we just we just sizzled out. But the thing is, ladies and gentle fish, is that it's not it's not the same experience when Will and I are not in the same room. Yeah, and also it wouldn't be as bad. Except whenever we're both like streaming on our computers talking to each other, it kind of like it. There's a delay, so you can't get the same. I don't even know what the, what you'd call it. The same experience, I guess, but the same vibe because you can't like talk over each other or you can't interrupt someone like right then. It takes it's, over the nonverbal communication. There's a lot of nonverbal communication between Will and I that we just don't get when we are computers apart. Yeah, and you end up talking over somebody because you think the other person's finished with an idea, and then you start talking, but they're not finished. Exactly. And then, and then on top of that, on top of that, we like to bring guests on occasionally, and it's just not very feasible when yeah, there's not all of us there. If somebody doesn't. Well, most everybody has access to a computer now, but they'd have to download the 
a program that we're using, and they we'd have to tell them how to how to log on to it and all that stuff. So a lot more hoops. Yep, a lot more hoops. But I am back in Arkansas for um, an unknown amount of time, but it'll definitely be a couple of months due to the COVID-19 situation, which we will talk about extensively. We will talk about extensively. We'll give you our vast, in-depth knowledge of it. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, give you what we think about it and our experiences, <laughs> but there's so, much, there's so much information going around. We don't want to be spreading things we don't know. We, we won't spread false information. We'll give we'll give you some some I don't even know what we'll, we'll give you. Give you hot takes. Some hot takes. We'll give some hot takes. We won't give you any statistical facts. We might actually. I'll give you a statistical fact for it. As of a couple of days ago, it might have been yesterday. The United States has the most active cases of any nation in the world. Wow, I did not know that. Not the most deaths and not the most all time. China has the most total number. I'm saying right now active that they've tested. The United States has more than any other nation. Oh dang! What do you attribute that to, William? Um, I attribute that to the American people not taking it seriously and not distancing themselves and quarantining themselves, have and just been, and just continuing with their daily lives. How have you been quarantining yourself? Um, the only places I've gone have been to work, which luckily I do still have. I can still go to work. Um, that's a plus. And then to the grocery store. And my wife doesn't go to the grocery store with me. I go by myself. Um, and that's the only places I go, man. And then I came here. <laughs> I guess so. Just is, so everybody knows, we are, me and Gary are probably 10 feet apart right now. We are. We're practicing we are social distancing. distancing. None of us have, have had any previous symptoms in the past two weeks. And we thoroughly washed our hands and sanitized before we started. So That is correct. I will give uh, a little bit of information, but um, my my girlfriend's church is the church in Goose Ferry that everybody is freaking out about because they had quite a few confirmed cases. I don't want to say too much. They don't want public statements released. But just from my own personal experience, we had to go into quarantine um, because Kendall was at that church uh, previously. It was like eight days. She had already been. It's been like eight days since she had been there. So we, her and I, we quarantined uh, ourselves until we hit the 14-day mark. Didn't show any signs or symptoms. No elevated temperature or anything. So now we are good. Yeah. But I don't know. They they don't want anybody to release like statements or anything from that church. There's been quite a quite a few. Um, like people on Facebook, they've kind of been attacking the church and saying, "Yeah, I saw that. I saw that that they deserve." I saw some comments it. about that. Yeah, I don't think I'll give my two cents on that. Okay. Um, I assume that they were still having the services before there were confirmed cases in the state. Is that true? They were having church while there were no confirmed cases in the state. They canceled church. Like, they canceled church before they realized that anybody yeah, in their congregation yeah. had it. Okay, they, had yeah. some, they had some people that were sick. I can't give you... Let me look at the calendar. Because we... Like, my church had a congregation while their church was, was out. Same. Like, I, I had the same thing. Yeah, like, their, their church closed 
a week before most churches closed. Yeah. Okay, so with that being said, um, I don't think it was their intention for that to happen. Obviously not. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody deserves to get it. That's just pretty harsh and unreasonable to say that, I would think. Um, I don't think anyone deserves to get ill. Um, they might, some people might do some things that enhance their chances, mm-hmm. but I still don't think that they deserve to get it, you know? Yeah. Because it can be serious. Yeah. So, uh, I think anybody saying that is pretty lame. Yeah. And the pretty people, ignorant. the people that were commenting those, those types of things were like from out of state. Like they don't even know, they don't even know the situation. Exactly. Exactly. So. That's it, that is one thing though that I have tried to avoid is I will go to reputable sources for information, whether it be the CDC website or a major news station. WHO, the World Health Organization. Yeah, but I will not rely on any information given by a non-health professional on the internet. That's yeah. just one thing I I don't even look at it. If I see somebody talking about it, um, I'll. I mean, I I, don't, I just kind of glaze over, you know. So let me ask you this. So, like, everybody's kind of on board that has a brain cell or two that this is a big situation, like you need to quarantine yourself. But before it got over here, Will, what were your thoughts on, we weren't even calling it COVID-19 at that point. It was the, just the coronavirus. You heard about it overseas. What were your thoughts on it then? My thoughts on it then, I Definitely didn't take it as serious. I won't say that I dismissed it as being nothing, but I definitely didn't expect it to reach the caliber that it is now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, you, you know, I, it's, it's just a lot more serious than what I first anticipated, and yeah. it's a lot more contagious than what I first anticipated. So at what point at what point did you start taking it serious? Was there like a moment you were like, oh? Um probably when it started spreading to other nations very rapidly. Like I when there was cases in China, uh China's a highly populated area. Um there's like one point two or three billion people that live in the country of China. With a B. With a B, which is three or four times more than, than the United States. It's like three hundred and eighty million. Um, so I figured because of that is why it was spreading so fast. Um, but then, like I said, when it started reaching the other nations very quickly and places that, you know, weren't as populated as China were, you know, the, the cases were reaching the same level as that. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, okay, it's, it's getting, it's getting real deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was definitely one of those that kind of dismissed it as the H1N1 uh, epidemic that we had back when we were in high school, swine flu, the bird flu. I mean, I knew that it was going to be something that was fatal to a certain population, but like you said, I didn't realize it was spreading as quickly. And it wasn't until, I guess it would have been like the 12th of March, somewhere around that, we got we got out of school. It was a Thursday. I went to school, went to my rotations, and we got an email that night that we're actually clo- we were closing down for Friday. And I was like, whoa, we're getting out of school for this? 
Yeah, that is true. And then I was like, okay, this this is like they're taking this really serious if they're not wanting us to go to school. Yeah, it also reached another level, like you said, when they they closed down all of our work facilities mm-hmm. um, for like a month, and I was like, wow, that was way before there were uh, a confirmed there was a confirmed case in Arkansas thing. Well, not way before, but maybe a couple of days, yeah. and they shut down all of our all of our work facilities. So then I was like, wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah. they obviously knew knew better than I, so. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, like, some of the impact that, that we're going to have. I mean, yeah, obviously it makes you sick. Um, it affects older and older population, people that particularly have trouble breathing. Um, but, like, what are the effects of this on the economy down the road the manufacturers like for example we we manufacture a lot of things outside of the US yeah yeah and whether it's whether it's made 85% in the US and they have uh, just a few other parts that come in it's like we can't we can't manufacture things that we need if we are like if we shut down like um, trade that we're not letting people in the U.S. We're on this like quarantine, and so we have we have a shortage of a lot of different things. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the shortage doesn't necessarily um scare me as much as well. None of it really scares me, to be honest. Um, okay. Time heals all. Yeah. So, as bad as things seem, eventually they will rebound. Um. What I was kind of looking at was I'm I'm kind of into the stock market. I don't have uh, any huge investments or anything, so I didn't lose any money off of that. But um, that's the thing that's going to take a while to bounce back, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the so Dow why is Jones that? was almost at thirty thousand points in February. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is like basically it's an indicator of the whole stock market in general. Um, and it was at thirty thousand, almost thirty thousand points in the middle of February. Now it is at twenty one thousand, and it has gotten into the teens. So that is like a significant, substantial amount of loss in the stock market. Um, and that that'll take years and years to get back to where it was. I think. I mean, I'm not an expert on it, but so that just shows you, like, what these businesses are going through, like. Their profit, all the major businesses are going to take a loss for this year already. Like, they're not going to make any money. So, all the big businesses, you know, they can bounce back. The big ones, uh, Microsoft, Apple, you know, things like that. But the small business is what it's going to affect more than anything. You know, some of them are already permanently closing their doors because just in our state, because they can't can't pay rent. They're not going to be able to open for the foreseeable future. And, you know, Things are just spiraling out of control that way. Um, and small businesses are what run the country, man. Yeah, the big businesses make a lot of money, but small business affects local economies and helps simulate the local economies. So yeah, that's the thing that, that I don't like. That well, doesn't scare me the most, but is the most unfortunate thing to me for the economy. Yeah, so like what, I mean, like what what does that entail for us? You know what I mean? Um, well, it entails with the the stock market lowering like that so quickly, um, 
people's people's retirements, their investments, man, they just plummeted. Um, so say you had, uh, okay, we'll just we'll just do some quick calculations. It went from thirty thousand to twenty thousand. So what percentage would that be of loss? It's a third. A third. So thirty three percent. Yeah. So say you had a million dollars. This is just a uh, a rough estimate, you know, this isn't precise, but say you had a million dollars uh in your retirement fund, you were fixing to retire. That yeah. takes a 33% hit right off the top. Okay. So, you know, you're down below 700,000 now. Yeah. Which is $300,000. Yeah. So that's crazy. You've been saving your whole life for this retirement fund and in a matter of 2 to 3 months it's dropped 33%. Like that's insane. That's an insane Man. amount of money. And you, and you think about it, a million dollars seems like a lot. But say you live 25 more years after you retire, uh, so you'd have a million dollars to live, you and your spouse or whatever, a million divided by 25, how much money would that be a year? A million divided by 25? Yeah, a million know. dollars by 25 years. What What is it? What's the know. calculation? Hang on, I, I don't I'm know. Not a, I'm not a mental mather. <laughs> I'm not a mental mather either. <laughs> Let's see, let's see. $40,000 a year. Okay. So say you were fixing to retire. You're like, I got a million dollars saved up. And for the next 20 year, 25 years, I'll have $40,000 a year. Yeah. You lose 33%. So um, that goes down to $670,000. So now for the next 25 years, you'll have $26,800 a year to live oh, off man. of. So that's not that's not as much money. That's not as much money. <laughs> and that's just that's a substantial amount of cash. That is. That you're going to lose a year. And you know, eventually it'll come back up, but if it takes 4, 5, 6 years, you know, you'll be well into your retirement retirement years and age by then. So it won't really make a difference. You have to keep it in there. Basically what it boils down to to me is some people at retirement age are going to have to keep working when they thought they could retire. Man, that's bogus. Yeah. So say you waited your whole life to retire, you're of age, and now you have to wait four or five more years for your retirement fund and investments to bounce back up so that you can retire with the amount of money you could have before all this started. And so the way that the government is approaching this i'm not quite sure in like all the details but aren't they trying to make some type of plan that that they're like recompensating uh well they're trying to approve a stimulus package which that's not gonna recompensate any no. investments all that's gonna do is provide people with money um their households with money right now okay yeah. so that they can you know continue to pay their bills and things like that but we don't eat, but we don't have that money. It's like we're already in debt. We're already uh deeply in debt the, the nation is as a whole. So, you know, this is just going to continually add to that, although they should do that. They should create a stimulus package um for, you know, hard times, but you know, like you said it is going to continue to drive the country deeper and deeper into debt. Huh. And I don't know where all that money comes from. I don't either. <laughs> I don't know how all that works, but. Wow. Just tell tell the people at the Mint so they keep printing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to the barter system. Yeah, dude. I'll trade you a carton of eggs for. Wild times. Whatever. Wild times. So, 
that's that's kind of like economically, but as far as like manufacturers, like I was talking about, do you think that it's going to bring more awareness to have manufacturers within the U.S.? It's going to have to. If all these countries are closing their borders and not allowing mm-hmm. any uh, outside nations to come in or allow their people to leave, you know, we're going to, we probably will have to start manufacturing some things within yeah. the United States. Uh, unfortunately, right now, most big manufacturing plants like that are shut down. So, yeah, that just kind of, it all kind of snowballs onto each other. Well, see, it's one thing to, you know, be, be missing a part and not able to manufacture a waffle maker but at like the same time we're we're talking about drugs and medical equipment that we aren't even we can't bring into the US. Yeah, that is one thing too that was alarming is that the United States um most of their pharmaceutical um mm-hmm. I don't know what do you call it medicines and um drugs. Drugs, yeah, not I'm not talking about like specialized drugs, but just everyday normal drugs come from China. I think it was a huge number, like 80%. Yeah, or I know like it was that. above 80%. So with China being shut down like that, and, you know, it's just crazy that we could have a, a shortage of life, life-saving drugs in the United States yeah. in this time of need. But yeah, No doubt. That's so, scary to think about. That, that brings me to my next, and this is getting more into the speculation type thing. There's been some, there's been some word that we're that, good at speculating though. <laughs> that China uh, created this as a political ploy because like, it originated for China. China whole like is a, is a large manufacturer in the world. They shut their borders. Nobody else is able to get their stuff. I mean, it it works into a good conspiracy. I don't know yeah. if I buy into it, but what are your thoughts on that? I don't buy into that conspiracy. Uh not yet at least. Um I do like conspiracy theories, I should say. Yeah, but, I do too. Um I won't say that that one's true right now. I mean, how long has this been around? It's only been around for I think it was like November or December, the first yeah. cases in China, so four months, four or five months. So I I won't buy into the conspiracy theory yet, but Yeah. I could see how some people would if they're not to mention into things like that. Not to mention that like coronavirus is not a new thing. This is just a no, mutation. No, there are uh, there are a few strains of coronavirus that we've had over the past it's five like years. Mars and SARS. SARS, yeah. And uh, I thought it was interesting. We listened to that uh, Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Michael Ol- Olmstetter or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. And he said, with the heat, you know, because everybody would say, "Oh, well, when the summer months roll around, that." it might, it's going to kill it off. Well, I don't think that's true because he stated that um, the MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome or whatever, yeah. um, you know, in the Middle East, it's hot. Hot. Like, all the time. So, um, and that is also a coronavirus, so I don't think that that's going to contribute at all. So it comes from camels. From camels, yeah. Um, I did see one interesting thing, though, is that China, um, there's a very deadly strain of flu in China, yeah. but not very many humans get it. You know, it hasn't genetically altered itself yet to where humans can get it, but there have been a few cases of humans getting it, and it's it's up there in like the 90% range of fatality to humans. Wow. It's some type of uh, bird flu, I guess, an avian flu. Yeah. Something like that. Well, dude, 
I mean, you start talking about all of these different things that can happen. The the uh, the guy that was on Joe Rogan's podcast, he was an infectious disease specialist and a public a public health specialist. He's been doing this for 30, 30 some odd years, and he he talks about just different things that I mean, it's not just the coronavirus like that's what's in front of us here now and that's why we're all concerned about it as we should be but um you talk about like chronic wasting disease he talks a little bit about that and a little history about cwd if you're not familiar it's it's known uh, the the particular component of that is called a prion and it's a prion is also mad cow disease mad cow disease is a prion that started popping up back in the late 80s early 90s 90s over in europe but they knew that this these cattle or these herds of cattle had this prion before it actually started making them go mad Um, and it was just a benign thing that they had in their body it was a benign protein basically and then it mutated, it constantly mutates in your body until something happens and you go crazy. Same thing with another prion known as Jacob Crutzfeld disease, which is also carried by deer. Now, the the scary thing about this is that it does. It goes about 10 to 15 years as a benign type thing. Nothing happens to you, but then it finally finds that mutation that can screw you up. And that's the issue with the CWD that we have right now. It's like, dude, deer, I mean, it, it's excreted from their salivary glands. So they're, they're all, they're spreading it all over the place, these, these prions. And if you eat meat that has CWD, if you eat a CWD deer, you have this prion within you and it's not going away. It just sits there and mutates and mutates and mutates. And who, who knows? Like it may never do anything that, that affects you, but. I mean, it's already starting to to convert over into mice, and um, like it's it's on the move. Yeah, there's no telling, man. There's no telling with all these um, genetics and mutations what can happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. And uh, I saw listen to this one guy. I don't remember his name. It was uh it was like it was an outdoorsman, a real popular outdoorsman, and he was saying that, um, especially states heavy heavily populated with deer, um. Whenever you you harvest an animal, that you need to take the meat and get it tested for CWD. You can also send in the jawbone of the animal, yeah. so you don't have to actually like give your meat away. You can store your meat, send the jawbone to a testing center, and they'll get back to you. Yeah, which that's crazy though, especially around our neck of the woods. You know, deer hunting is a a yeah. very popular sport, so. Um, it's specifically white-tailed deer. Yeah, that, which is which is the type of deer we have. Yes, in the southern states. So, I don't know, man. It's crazy. And I, I bring that up not to not to veer off and set, like go off on CWD. It's more so just like, dude, we have a lot going on right now. Um, <clears throat> and the the view that you take on it that is that Mother Nature she she corrects for you know. Um, things that shouldn't be the way they are, and I mean, just just look at the Earth, man. We are we are overpopulated. We have people, especially like in India and China, that are literally 
living on top of each other and that's just that's just not how it needs to be yeah and so you you see things like the coronavirus or mars and sars and these different types of flus and these different types of prions and i'm not an expert in this field i'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that would scare the bejesus out of me but it's just it's just a reminder that's like uh there's something there's something in greater control here than 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 we are and just because it's taken us out um uh, it it's it's a touchy subject but it's like that's that's what happens that's what yeah. happens when you when you pollute the earth with either too many humans too much waste too much this something happens yeah also uh what was that guy's name that was on Jogan? Uh, it's like Michael Olmstead or he something was saying like that. That um, with so many humans on the Earth now, that people are inhabiting places that they didn't before. So things that we may have never seen before, because humans have never been there, inhabited that area, or you know, are are poking their heads out. You know, uh, you know mm-hmm. that's just what happens when you have a substantial amount of growth in the population and the earth stays the same size you know they mm-hmm. they have to go somewhere so um humans are venturing and living into places that they haven't before and we're discovering things that we haven't before you know mm-hmm. it's just crazy how the guy's name is michael osterholm osterholm just, just looked it up so but i i agree man uh and that's that's the same premise with the deer it's like there's always going to be more life whether it's humans or deer or whatever species but there's not going to be more land yep we have the same amount of land as we've always had on the earth Mm -hmm. and more people than we've ever had so i think that's just the name of the game yeah when an ecosystem becomes overpopulated things happen to where ecosystem tries to correct itself yeah and then that i mean it's part of natural selection natural selection takes place the the weak die and the strong survive and that's a i know this is tough to talk about yeah but some people you know people just don't like to think about it like that whenever people are dying and you know our our society and our our culture and our morals now we don't want anyone to die you know other than natural causes or old age but um Things like that just happen. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying here with natural selection is exactly what is happening with the COVID-19. It's like the people that are are at greater risk of fatality are very old people, people that have diseases of the lungs or, or trouble breathing, which the Osterholm guy makes a very, very good point about America. Uh, I mean, there was a CDC report that came out, I mean, it was probably three or four weeks ago, that 42% of Americans are obese. Not overweight and obese. 42% are obese, which is like, I think, I don't know the exact number on overweight and obese, but it's up around 75-80% of Americans, which is absolutely mind-blowing. But when you get that big, you you're like just literally the adiposity the fat tissue of your body compresses your lungs and makes it harder to breathe that's just part of it and so just telling you all this to illustrate those are the people that are at risk the people that are 
in quotations weak. They don't they don't have the same immune function that a generally healthy person would have, so they're at much greater risk for kicking the bucket in a time like this. Yeah. And also it doesn't help that in the forties, fifties and sixties, um smoking cigarettes was not frowned upon at all, really. Mm. So you have those people that are, you know, the older generation that have smoked their whole life mm-hmm. and uh, you know, smoking just leads to leads to chronic chronic lung problems, you know what I mean? So Yeah. It it just things like that just keep snowballing on top of each other and just make it worse for make it worse for those type of people. So And it's crazy. It's crazy how how intricate mother nature does correct things because what are what are the things that you can do like what are the things that they're encouraging you to do to stop this disease they're they're saying go like you know practice social distancing if you go out go like out into nature or go and don't don't be around a bunch of people and i really do feel like that is somewhere in in mainstream society, especially in industrialized nations, we have we have just totally disconnected ourselves from just disconnecting sometimes. It's like we're always in this and we never take a break. We never go out. And this is generally speaking. Like there's people, I mean, there's people that go out all the time, go hiking and you don't have to go hiking to enjoy nature. You can just go out outside on your back porch. But this is such a disconnected part, and it's like, hey, Mother Nature's like whispering to us, hey, we kind of got to get back to this, or you're just going to spread more disease, you know? Yeah. It's an interesting interesting perspective. Some people may not buy into that, but yeah. I, think it, I think it's a nudge from, from a, greater, a greater power to like, hey, we got to kind of get back to our roots a little bit. Yeah, and then, you know, you can snowball stuff on top of that as well. That's that's a a side effect of places being overpopulated. There's not enough enough space in these big metropolitan cities for people to get out and do that. So you know, mm-hmm. places like New York and Los Angeles and all the major major hubs of the United States, there's there's not a place for people to do that. So and that's just that's just the United States. The Osterholm guy makes a great point because you were talking we have like what 380 million people or so in the united states yeah and there's billions in china like we think of los angeles and new york as these huge cities which they are but it's like dude a 15 million population city over in china is a dime a dozen like there are there are a lot more bigger cities over there than there are over here and so I feel like that's one of the reasons that they're they're getting this correction first and and spreading it about. Yeah. And then places like um India, which are heavily heavily populated, mm-hmm. um you know, it's just it's just crazy how to think about things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just a it's just a perspective. So anyway, that's our two cents. Take it take, take it with it a grain of salt. Yeah. Believe it or not. I think that I think that to close off on this this subject, because I don't want to talk about the COVID the whole time, but I think we will take steps to be more prepared for something like this in the future. Because I don't think that this is just, you know, get over COVID and we're we're good. I think that it's it's definitely like a wake up call. Like take take into consideration overpopulation, 
yep. take into consideration the like you were mentioning the access to just like getting away from things how do you do this i don't know i'm i'm here speculating i don't have the answers um but yeah i think i think we'll definitely be more prepared in the yep. future you can always take a positive out of even the most negative things so if if this does anything positive for us it'll just raise awareness to what can happen and help us be better prepared in the future when and if something like this happens again so yep yep so definitely do your part yep. don't don't go out i mean if you're not scared of getting it that's great don't give it to other people yep you should still stay stay to yourself be respectful of what this is and be respectful of other people yep that's all you can do Wash your hands. Anyways, that is our that is our take on the COVID. It's it's crazy times. We're not experts, but uh, that's our take on it. Yep. We've been up to Will. It's been a long time since we've actually just like kicked it. You know, man. Well, I guess uh, the most um, reputable or not reputable, but the biggest thing that's happened to me, I guess, was I'm having a kid, man. Oh yeah! It's been so long <laughs> we since we've been on that we I haven't even said that. So oh my gosh! Oh, and you got the name picked out and everything, don't you? Yep, Liam. It's a boy. It's a boy. Yeah, named after his old man. That's awesome. So how how far along is Courtney? Um, six months, five oh, wow. six months. You got three months left. Dang, so that's crazy. Um, especially. In a time like this, man, makes you think about it even more. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm excited, man. I'm definitely excited for it. Uh, I guess you can't ever really prepare for something like this mm-hmm. um, until it gets here. That's what a lot of people said. They said just enjoy the time that you have right now and uh, enjoy the process. And then once the time comes, the baby's here, then you know you'll figure things out as you go along. You know, not everybody has all the answers. Every human is different. Every child is different. So um, you can take some pointers from people and some advice, but yeah. nothing is set in stone. So you just kind of have to take it on the fly, which is what I'm pretty good at. So yeah, we'll see how it goes, I guess. But no, man, it's crazy. It make you th- it'll make you think, think long and hard about, you know, life and, and death and just the process of life and the circle of life and things that happen. Yeah. Babies are born. People pass away. and. I don't know, man. It just made me re- reflect on that a lot. So yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I haven't yet, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think we ever will. <clears throat> we can we can grow grow closer to it to an understanding, but never completely understand it. Yeah, that's part of, that's part of the the great uh, greatness of it all, though. It's like it, it has that that mystery that that ethereal property where it's just like, oh, this is. This is something greater than myself. Yeah. And especially like just going to all of my wife's doctor's appointments and seeing how much he grows in a short amount of time. It it just gives you a whole new perspective for life and just the sheer awe of it. Yeah. Like how another human can form and grow another human inside of their body. And like he's alive, like heart beating, lungs working like inside of another human you know yeah it's it's just insane to think about he gets nourished from her body like i don't know 
it's just insane to think about. To me personally, it it just it has if you go through this, it has to make you believe in a higher being. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just has to. Whether you believe I don't you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, you can believe whatever you want, but to me personally it just it it just does that for me. But Yeah. I can tell I can tell, man, you're you're it gets you it gets you in your feels for sure. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's like another thing that kind of took me back was it's a human with no prior knowledge in their brain. All they have in their brain when they're born is their the natural process and natural things that, that they should do, like breathe, eat, sleep. But when their brain progresses and matures, everything that they learn will be either what I have taught him or what somebody else that I let him be around or somebody else that he interacts with will teach him. So it's like, that's just crazy to think about a human with nothing in their brain and how you nourish or how you nurture them and how you teach them will be what they learn, which yeah. is crazy. And I, I don't, I don't care, you know, what, what he does in his life or what he, well, I care what he does in his life. I shouldn't say that, but really what I'm trying to get at is I just want him to be a good human being. You know, I just want him to love people, love his family, you know, love the life that he has and just be thankful for everything that that he encounters and goes through so yeah so you were talking you were talking about how when when a baby comes into the earth you know their mind is is so simple and then it it takes on all of these different things and i i think that and and how to do this is far beyond me but i i like i said i'm good at speculating a child comes into this earth very very simple and the the thing that that is very very important i would almost argue the most important thing you can teach them is discernment because they do come into this world very simple very immature um and and they grow but that growth takes a lot of complexity so you kind of go from this simple place into more and more complexity. And there's going to be all kinds of things. Because like you said, you're not going to be the only one that influences him. He's going to be influenced by his mother, the rest of his family, like his grandparents, his aunts, his uncles. Then he gets to school, his friends, his teachers. And then it just keeps growing exponentially. And he's going to hear all these different things coming into him, uh, into his brain that he can consider. And if he's able to discern what is useful and what is mumbo-jumbo, then he'll be a lot better off because there's this, there's this model, and you can apply this to any type of growth process. It doesn't just have to be a, in a macro view at a, at a human. This could be like literally picking up a skill. But they do start out simple. It's a very immature, simple. They go into this this complexity moment, and you, there's no way. There's no way that you can believe or implement all of the different things that every single person tells you. So then you you move back into this over the course of your life. You move back into a more mature simplicity, and that is when you are able to separate the wheat from the chaff. You're able to shuck away all of the nonsense that doesn't work for you 
and embody all of the important lessons that you have learned in your own unique way so i i really really like that that model to kind of refer to it's simplicity to complexity back to simplicity yeah and i was talking to our friend zach mahan and uh he was talking about i was just kind of giving the sh- the same spiel and he was like man and I, I agree with him it uh a child or any human in general has to come to you know knowledge and wisdom for themselves you know you can tell a child or you can tell an adult anything you want give them the best advice but if they don't apply it to themselves then it you know it doesn't really matter so he was he had a good example he was saying how you know we've had friends and he's had friends that have come from terrible upbringings you know their parents may not have been around or you know, didn't love them like, our, you know, our families loved us. And, you know, I'm very thankful for that. Our families did love us. but um, And they've turned out to be great people, you know, down to earth, um, care about, you know, their friends, care about things that are important. And there have been some people that have had a great upbringing, you know, everything they could ever want. And, you know, they turned out to be subpar humans. So um, I think I just have to do what I can do and control what I can control lead them down a path that I, I believe is right. And, uh, you know, the very important decisions and discernment, like you said, he'll have to figure out for himself. So all I can do is steer him in the right direction, surround him with people that I trust and I care about that I know are wise and will do the same. And then, you know, the good human part will just kind of resolve itself and he'll have to figure that out on his own. Yeah, and but. in your in your steering, like as you steer him through and you, you, you know, provide a foundation for him, you shouldn't, and I know you won't, expect him to be always looking to you for everything. You expect him to become his own person at some point. And one of my favorite quotes from the almighty Bruce Lee is, you have to have a little structure before you can become structureless. And that is what your job as a parent is, is to provide that structure so that once they do break away from you and become their own person, that they're able to do that with the foundation that you gave them. Yep, that's true. That's true. And that is that is also true. Like, we, I'll use me and you for an example, we had plenty of people in our life that influenced us, not just our parents, whether it be, um, whether you went to church or you were religious, those type of people. And just like our teachers in school, our coaches, coaches, um, you know, there's a, a whole slew of people that have influenced me over the years. So I just hope that I can, like you said, I can structure him a little bit, get him into those situations where he can have those types of, those types of influences and mentors. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, like I said, I don't know much about parenting at all. I've never been one. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of learning all this on the fly as well, but I'm sure as time progresses, I'll, I'll learn more about it, and the right and wrongs, and maybe I'll get some paternal instinct. Some paternal instinct. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, I couldn't. I applaud you, honestly. I just could not see myself having a kid right now. I need I need more structure. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Everybody's different. Different different people 
um, go through things at different times. Um, and you know, I don't guess anybody's ever really ready to have a child, but uh, I've heard that. I've heard that too. But <laughs> uh, good a time as any, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy. I so think about s- it all the time. <laughs> you should. You should. I probably think about it too much. Wow. I, instead of enjoying the moment, I just think <laughs> about it too much. I think about things in the future too much. You yeah. Know, instead of just living in the moment and, and enjoying enjoying the time now. But that's the that's the paradox of existence, my friend. You gotta stay in the present, but you gotta think about your future too. Yep. Yep. Don't think about your future too much to where it takes you out of the present. Yep. Anyways. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. <laughs> Master what? Master Uguay. Uguay. That's right. <laughs> That's Kung Fu Panda for any of y'all yeah. that don't know. I don't know if if that was the first time <laughs> it's ever said. I doubt it, but that's where I heard it. It's Kung Fu Panda. So, it's Courtney. Uh, you kind of mentioned this, but Courtney's going through all the doctor visits. Yeah, she's doing really good, actually. She hasn't been sick at all. I say that, knock on wood. But uh, good. really the only thing that's well, not been wrong with her, but she's just been really tired. Yeah, you know, she gets tired easier than expected. Easier than others, but other no, she's been doing good, man. And everything's going good so far. Everything's healthy. Awesome. All his organs are working properly. Heck yeah. And uh, he's kicking. It's crazy though. Heck yeah. Have you felt him kick? Yeah, I've seen him. Oh it's wow. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how big he is right now. Probably, like, uh, I think a few weeks ago, three, two, three weeks ago, he was as big as a banana. Oh wow. So he's probably bigger than that now. He's a nanner. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Well, I'm happy for you. The the audience is happy for you. We're all just we're ecstatic. <laughs> we're so excited. <laughs> but no, other than that, man, just been living, existing. Nothing really substantial I've done. Haven't been able to do anything in these past months, so last the last social event we had, I guess, was Josh's wedding, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a great time. Our our good friend Josh. I don't know what what episode on the podcast, but you can go check check him out. He's a good guy, Josh Payne. He ended up uh, tying the knot the other day. Yep, yep. Uh, the sad part about it was, um, and like I said, you, these things are out of our control. But the whole time during the ceremony, it was raining extremely hard, and uh, the building we were in had a metal roof, and I did not hear a single word that either one of them said and I really would have liked to they wrote their own vows yeah you know, I really wish uh I would have asked to read them you know that's like part of the experience of going to a wedding for me yeah is I get to see two a person I care about and somebody else that he cares about you know just exchange their their love and emotion toward each other yeah and I wish I would have got to see it but oh yeah or I got to hear it I guess I got to see it but and I I'm with you on that, but I got to thinking about that more. And the only important thing is that they spoke it to each other and that they heard it. That is true. That is true. It's like it it it's almost it's, it's almost like, beautiful yeah. that it happened that way. Like I mean, yeah, I would have I would have liked to have heard. I'm sure they would have liked other people to heard it, but that's that's not that's those are all secondary things. Yeah, yeah, I like that you said that. Now that I think about it. It's like going, being invited to a wedding and hearing somebody exchange those vows in a really intimate moment like that is a privilege, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not our right. Yeah. It's not, we don't deserve to hear that, you know? 
they privileged us in inviting us to it. But yeah, you're right. Just because we didn't get to hear it doesn't mean that it didn't get said. So yeah, and we had a we had a good time. Yep, had, had a good time. Cut a little rug. You know, <laughs> yeah. I do always enjoy that. Dude, and weddings are great. The other part, the other thing I like about weddings is you get to see people you haven't seen in a while. You know, mm-hmm. you get to see your friends of old, see see family members of of those friends, and you know, it was just a good time seeing everybody. Yeah, dude, it's it's wild because we were at his bachelor party the weekend before, and I got to talking to this with a couple of the guys. We're running out of weddings. We're running out of bachelor parties. We're, we are really running out, man. Dude, like I... Okay, Paxton's married. Josh is married. Zach's married. You're married. Zach's not married. Zach Mann. Oh, yeah, Zach Mann. And Drew Payne's married. Like, dude, like all of these guys are already married. We've John's already married. Went to their John's what? He's... Yeah, he's married. We've already went to all the bachelor parties. It's like... Dude, I'm like one of the only ones left. <laughs> yeah. Mason's getting married in May. That's true. That's true. And so, are they actually still having that? I don't know. Because a lot of, uh, speaking of the COVID-19, I mean, Austin Lewis, his, his wedding didn't necessarily get postponed, but like the big reception he was going to have got postponed. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of places where people are having these weddings are shutting down, you know, mm-hmm. as they should. I agree, but. You know, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation to be in. You know, you're fixing to get married. Yeah. And then you got to cancel it. But dude. Well, not cancel it, but you still get married. You know? the, and even that, like, dude, like my, my girlfriend, Kendall, she's she's graduating from nursing school in May from UCA. And, like, they just, like, totally canceled the, the graduation and, like, walking. And, yeah. You know, I personally... I'm I, I'm I don't care to walk. Like I mean, if if that's the case, my family wants me to. Sure, I'll do it. But uh, for for some people, man, that's a big deal, dude. She's been yeah, busting man. her everybody's, tail. Everybody's different, you know. Especially the graduations. Some people just like to get that uh, get that reassurance and that that uh, not reassurance. What, what, what like what a kind of word? The I, what word am I looking for? Recognition. Yeah. yeah, they like to get that recognition for you know they put in a lot of hard work and a lot of time. So. They, uh, some people, you know, might not have, uh, family and friends that, you know, give them that recognition all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like us personally, we have family and close friends that, you know, will reach out to somebody and let them know, congratulate them for something that they've done or, you know, yeah. give them a word of encouragement every once in a while. But, you know, some people don't have that and they, they want that, that recognition for, for their accomplishments. So. Yeah, I, I agree with it, but it's just a unfortunate situation it's to be in. Tough, it's a tough time. No, man. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that my friends are are getting married. I'm glad that you're having a baby. That's gonna be a a man maker. <laughs> That'll make you a man. May I take guess, a couple yeah. of years. Oh, Paxton's. Paxton and Whitney, I went and visited them the other day, and they're they're both working from home. Yeah, they're not planning to have a kid. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of having kids, though, dude, we were talking about it. There's only there's only like a couple things you can do when you're quarantined, and you know, making kids is one of those things. Yeah, 
<laughs> so we were we were wondering. Uh, I think it was me and Kendall that were talking about if this is going to be like the next big baby boom. This is going to the next generation of baby boom. Are you a COVID baby? There's going to be there's going to be a ton. There's going to be a ton of like New Year's babies, dude. December and January. Yeah, that is crazy, dude. I was talking to my boss at work about this, and uh, dude, this is going to go down in the history books, hundred percent for sure. Like we're going to look back on this if we. If the world survives another fifty years, <laughs> but in twenty twenty, our our children and grandchildren are gonna look back and say, "Whoa, you guys lived during that time," and we'll have a story to tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not comparing it. I'm not comparing this. Please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not comparing this to anything that happened in the past. Um, but you know how like our grandparents lived through the Great Depression, and that's mm-hmm. just a an event that happened in their life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not comparing it. That was probably a lot worse than this. But it's just, I'm just setting that as like a milestone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they tell stories about it, and we like to hear about it. You know, this will be a, a milestone in our life that, you know, we tell. For sure. So, I thought that was crazy to think about. I've always thought it'd be it'd be really cool to to just, like, tell, like, my grandkids, like, yeah, I was born in the 1900s. Because, yeah. like, I was born <laughs> in 1996. Dude, just think about that, though. Like, imagine somebody that, that was born in the, like, like early or like late 1800s and you knew them it's like whoa you were like born a whole century ago yeah that's <laughs> like crazy a different century. About too. yeah um yeah yeah I had, I had something to say i can't remember what i was gonna say but that that is that is definitely going to be something that that is talked about for sure like and oh this is what i was gonna say um you know like People back in that lived through the Black Death and the bubonic plague and all of this, they're like rolling over in their graves right now because they're like, y'all don't, y'all don't even know. Yeah, y'all don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you'll have modern medicine. Like yeah, the Spanish flu, nineteen eighteen, it killed like sixty million people. Yeah, and I saw. I'm like I said, I'm not making light of anything, and we still have some time to go. But for the, sure, uh, the COVID, it's it the I can't remember how many people have died from it. It was like 25,000 maybe. And uh, the Spanish flu was 60 million. And there were that, a that lot puts, less people back back then than there are now. Yeah. So it was a, a lot higher percentage than yep. what 60 million would be now. Yeah. Six, if 60 million people die from this, that would be insane. That'd be insane. In that would brain. be insane. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't I, think it would though. With I, I, our, uh, like you, like you said, modern medicine. With modern, and we medicine, have people working on a vaccine already. You know, it's not going to be and the widely way, available for a while. But and the way that that it per, this particular virus affects people, like it doesn't really get the super young sick. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It's not very fatal to a generally healthy young adult. It's just those those older populations. Yeah. So. Well, that's crazy, man. Um, I really only have uh a couple things to share, since you're not gonna ask me how how I've been. Uh, well, I just figured you were gonna share anyway, <laughs> fool. I I do I do that. So yeah, I've just I've been in school, been chipping away at that. Definitely ready to get out of school. Who isn't? <laughs> but um 
my big thing this year, dude, I've been, I mean, you know me, and if you've listened to any of our other podcasts, I definitely uh, place high value on, on my health, and that's kind of the field that I'm in and learning about at the moment. Well, I've done this thing this year. I, 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 had, I had visions over my Christmas break during December that I wanted to... I wanted to do this year in a format that I call the 12 labors. Okay, continue. So 12 months in a year, 12 labors, one labor a month. And it it, it went a little bit further than that. I, I wanted to do four labors of the mind, four labors of the body, and four labors of the spirit. Uh, and actually, a big a big reason, a big reason why I did it this way is is the very reason or the very quote that I told you a while ago about Bruce Lee. You know, you got to have some structure before you can come become structureless. And all of these all of these labors are are habits that would be good to instill in your day to day. Now, in saying that, I'm not going to continue these for the rest of my life but it's to it's to put me in some type of structure like oh you need to do this for so long a day or you need to do this so many times a day for a month and see what it makes you feel like see if it's worth continuing or maybe implementing into your life in a uh, less radical uh, way cuz these are pretty pretty radical things that I'm doing so in January I did my my everyday I, I would jump in a stream of cold water and I got to where I could stay in for about, I could stay in for about 10 minutes. I usually stayed in for about five to seven minutes. And that, that was something that I actually continued to do. I don't have a stream up in Springfield, uh, but I do. Cold baths. I, I do take cold baths. I use my ice in my freezer to, <laughs> to jump in there. Uh, February was, I did a, uh, it's called a superfood um, supplementation type thing. It was, it was interesting. And I, I f- definitely felt like it benefited, but in saying that, I think it's much more important that you go to bed and wake up around the same time, get good sleep. Um, I think it's more important that you move on a daily basis, and I think it's more important that you just eat good foods, which is a whole other topic as to what good foods are. But Real foods, I, dudes. I, I, could, I could definitely talk to you about that. And in March, which we are in right now, this is honestly, uh, it's between, it's between the cold water and this particular labor, which is a seated meditation for one hour a day. I sit, I close my eyes and I breathe for one hour a day and dude, managing the time to do that, challenging. Sitting down for an hour and doing nothing, challenging. The rewards are past articulation, though. I can't, I can't sit here and convince you that sitting down, closing your eyes, and breathing for one hour is going to be beneficial and something that you want to do. It's, it's going to be really hard for me to convince you of that, so I'm not going to try. But I will tell you that it has been one of the more influential things that I have done as far as 
just the way that I go about my day. Like when I go, when I go about my day, it's like, dude, I just don't like, I don't get worked up over things. That's one of the biggest things that I've noticed. And another really big thing that I've noticed is that you'll be sitting there and like the the time that you would take to like really think about something and and just to just to kind of put put this out before you think that meditation is sitting and thinking meditation is the lack of thinking you literally just focus on your breath quiet your mind trying to think about nothing but in doing that the most bizarre and inspirational motivational whatever you want to call it thoughts come up in your mind and you don't even realize you're thinking about them and then once you do it kind of it kind of actually knocks you out of your your flow of meditation per se or prayer or whatever but you still have that that idea that you were thinking about and you're like holy crap like this would be a really a really good thing to do and it's just like the the thoughts that it gives you and the way that it just settles your emotions like it just Imagine your emotions as this constantly like um like a like an ocean it's constantly has this tide and it can get really rough and it's like we walk we walk through life and it's like we have really choppy waters for the most part, but to sit down and just to be quiet, you don't have to do it for an hour a day, but to sit down and just be quiet and not think it allows you to control those waters they're not choppy throughout the day when you when you notice that they're starting to kind of rise a little bit and get a little rough it's like you're able to kind of settle them down and that's that's a huge thing that i've noticed with the meditation yeah i was going to say um you can just give me your personal experience when i notice whenever i like it can only be for 5 or 10 minutes when i'm sitting there doing nothing just relaxing, like not on my phone, whatever. I things just pop into my head. Like it's very difficult for me to not think about anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, for does, sure. Did it did did you start out like that or did it or does it just kinda like gradually It gets better. You go through these states where you like you forget you're there sitting. You forget that you're there sitting and meditating per se. Uh, but at first, it's like you're you're thinking about everything. Oh, did I turn that burner off? Oh, did I get those? Did I run those errands I was supposed to do? Oh, and you and one of the biggest things I've noticed is you start playing situations in your head. I do that a lot that you've had and how you would have responded to them if you would have uh, responded the way you wanted to. It's yeah. like and and that just man that shows you how neurotic you actually are and how you think about these things that don't even matter but it's like they come up in your brain regardless of you even trying to think about them yeah i do that sometimes like i'll think back on a situation that i like knowing what i know now i could have handled better Mm -hmm. and i'm like dang i should have done that yeah but uh that's not all that's a that's not always a bad thing you can't change the past but you can influence how you would react in a future event if that happens again you know what i mean so it's reflection and so you change you change what what happens okay so to answer your question you start out and you sit down and when you first start out meditating you have a lot of shoulda woulda coulda thoughts whereas as you progress you just kind of take it 
in for what it is, like you'll still have those types of thoughts, but you'll almost take it as a lesson like you're talking about. It's like, I can do this a little differently next time, but right now it's not a big deal. At first, it's almost like I get worked up about it. It's like I almost relive the situation to where it's like, oh, man, I really should have said that. Like, man, why didn't I say that? And it goes from that to, well, that's what happened. And if that situation arises again, I'll just deal with it differently. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. That's... uh. That's been my experience with meditation. I think it's one of the more influential habits that you can uh, build into your day. And like I said, dude, there's no way I'm going to continue meditating for an hour a day. It's just not not feasible with like the amount of workload that I have at the moment. But I can tell you for sure that I'm going to work it in somewhere, whether it's 10 or 15 minutes or, or whatever, whether it's five minutes. Yeah. I think it's one of the... I think it's one of the more influential habits you can instill for sure. Yeah. So those those are the three that I have I have done so far, but I'm actually going to go over my list. Um so and and remember there's four of the mind, four of the spirit and four of the body. The meditation I'm considering a, a labor of the spirit. The uh supplementation in cold water that I did, those were labors of the body. And uh, these these are the labors that I have not done yet. So next month, I'm going to do 30 minutes a day of breath work. If you're unfamiliar with breath work, look it up. But just a brief rundown of it, it's, it's utilizing the breath in patterns and certain rhythms. And there is a lot of physiological benefit and you for example if you breathe very slowly you can calm yourself down yep i can attest if you breathe very quickly you can amp yourself up and so it's not just one way it's not like oh i breathe to calm down no you can breathe to get yourself going and get yourself hyped um there's a there's a guy that does a ted talk and he he uses it as he calls the different methods that he uses water breath, coffee breath, and whiskey breath. And so water breath is just your just your normal breath. Your whiskey breath is very slow. You're you're inhaling I think a total of like six seconds and on your exhale you take about eight seconds to exhale. And that's gonna slow your heart rate down. It's gonna activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, and it's going to quieten down your sympathetic, which is your fight or flight nervous system. On the other hand, the coffee breath, very quick breaths. It's almost kind of like you're hyperventilating, uh, but that, that'll get you amped up. That'll get your fight or flight rolling. And there are different, there are different techniques to breath work, there's the Wim Hof method, there's uh, holotropic breathing, there's all kinds of modalities and that I'm going to look into. And I've been looking into as to how I'm going to structure that 30 minutes, but very, very eager. Uh, the breath is actually a, um, is one of the passions that I have. Um, I, I'm just really into the breath. It's your life force. You can't go very, very long without breathing. and. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. 
But anyways, the months after that, uh, which, by the way, I'm considering breath work a labor of the spirit as well. Um, May will be waking up at 5.30 every day. I'm going to try and instill some type of walk or jog into that uh, to prepare for the next month's labor, which I'm considering waking up at 5.30 a labor of the mind. Yep, yep. But the next month after that, is a labor of the body, and I'm going to run a marathon a week. I'm not actually going to run a marathon in one setting. I just have to total 26.2 miles in a week, which won't okay. be it won't be too bad. Yeah, because you've done you've ran a marathon. I've before. I've done that, uh, but I'm definitely not. I am definitely not in shape to do that right now. Um, so I've got, I've like when I wake up at five 30, I've got to like do some type of running or jogging, just kind of get myself in shape for that July, which by the way, the marathon is obviously a labor of the body in July. I'm going to do a labor of the mind that involves representing through some form of visual art, either how my day went, how I feel in that moment whatever it is, but I'm going to express my day through visual art. Probably consider or consist of painting or pencil sketch or crayons or something like that because that's kind of the... That'd be cool. That'd be cool. The thing that I, I gravitate towards as far as art. Um, that That is a, a labor of the mind. In August... I'm going to do an hour of active meditation. So there's a difference between seated meditation and active meditation. Active meditation is basically what what it sounds like. You're you're moving. So common forms of active meditation are Tai Chi, Qi Gong, and Osho active meditations. A big, big long list of different dance type things. So That'll be pretty interesting. Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Every time I think of that, did you, did you ever watch that Jimmy Neutron movie? I've watched the Jimmy Neutron movie. And uh, at the beginning, Cindy is doing Tai Chi with Purple Flurp. <laughs> she said, Tai Chi when mixed with Purple Flurp. Is, uh, she's like, it's good for the mind or something. Oh I can't remember. It's Purple Flurp. <laughs> but tai Chi, yeah. I've heard of that. I've never seen anybody do it. but So I'm going to do it. It just looks like you're standing in place doing like, ninja moves basically <laughs> so it's gonna and they recommend that you do it where you can like stand on grass or the earth like not on not on like concrete or anything yeah. so i'm gonna i got a little place out like i would definitely be out in the middle of everybody so i don't know i don't know if my confidence will allow me to do that but i'm considering it i'm yeah. considering going out and just like doing tai chi for an hour and being that weird guy that stands in the <laughs> the grassy knoll look at this guy <laughs> No, dude. I'll, I'm going to talk about some ninja moves here in a little bit. But, okay. Uh, okay. So then September is going to be, which active meditation, I'm going to consider that a labor of the spirit as well. Uh, September, I'm going to post a music video every day. That's good. That's good. That's going to be of the mind. A labor of the mind. And it's like, I've, I've said that I'm going to do this a few different times. And I just haven't held myself to it. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So far, I'm good. I got. I haven't. I haven't skipped a day uh, throughout my three labors that I've done so far. 
So uh, we'll see how all of this goes, see if I can stay strong throughout the year. In October, I'm going to do one hour of yoga a day, which is a labor of the body. I'm going to be as loose as a goose. Loosey-goosey, baby. In November, I'm going to journal for one hour a day. So that'll be... That's a lot of writing. That's a lot of writing. But I'm going to... Like, the way I'm going to approach that, and this will be a a labor of the the mind, the way that I'm going to approach that is... I've always wanted to write, like like, a biography about me. Just to write about my life so that people, like my grandkids, my children, if they ever so wanted to, they could actually know what I experienced. And it's like, you forget... You forget a lot of really cool things that you do, so I really want to write about it. So it may be historical writing about myself. It may be writing about my day. It may be just journaling about something I feel passionately about. There's no limitation as to what I can journal about, but it just has to be I sit down, set a timer for an hour, and write. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. Now, for December, the more controversial... um, Labor. It's a labor of the spirit, and it is going to be a labor of fasting. I'm not going to fast the whole month of December because I'm not that uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm just not. I don't feel like I'm. I'm there. You might wither away. You're exactly right. But I am going to fast for four days on, and then okay. three days off. You could do that for the whole month of December because one of the things that I, I thought about was like, dude, I can't give up eating like Christmas dinner and things like that. Yeah, so you could structure it to where structure. you can still do that. Yeah, exactly. With your family and stuff. Exactly. And uh, there have been, which I'm not going to go into right now because it's only been about a month and a half or two months since I had came to this conclusion. But I've had some... I've had some uh, changes, slight, still in the health field. I'm still very passionate about health. But some changes in the direction that I'm going to go professionally. Um, and I've given myself the whole year to kind of think about it. Like I've thought about different, different areas that I, I could potentially progress towards. Like I, and by the way, I'm going as a as a dietitian. I I love what I do uh, in my rotations, and I'm going to do that for a bit. I'm not going to jump right back into school. It's not a it's not a dissatisfaction thing. It's a I want to be more holistic in my approach and broaden my scope as to what I can do. But I'm going to give myself uh, until the end of the year to think about you know, some directions that I may potentially go. And in December, that's going to be a big part of my reflection for what I want to do with my life, basically my life purpose. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in tune with my life's purpose. And that's, that's part of what these labors are about is it's going to help. It's going to help me get in touch. It's like, for example, journaling. Dude, you articulate yourself. You learn a lot about yourself. If you meditate, you have a lot of time to reflect and think about yourself. You wake up at 5.30 in the morning. It's like, what else are you going to do at 5.30 in the morning when everybody else is asleep? 
Yeah, that's true. Um, the same thing with running. It's like you're running, you get in these flow states. You start to you start to just think about all kinds of things about yourself. It's like this. This is an exploration of myself and who I am, and ultimately what my purpose in life is. So that's that's going to be huge in December when I'm fasting. Um, if you're unfamiliar with different uh, fasting regimens, like every religion. Every major religion has some form of fasting as a, as a spiritual catalyst, if you will. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do, do my own fasting regimen, and they claim that you get in these, which I've went two days. I've, I've only done a two-day fast before, and I will attest you do get into a pretty zoned state. You just, you just like get in the zone. Like I don't know, I don't know how I don't know how else to put it. You get very floaty feeling, like you're just like in your head. Do you get insanely hungry? You do at a certain point, and then does and it then go it away? goes away. Yeah, and then it goes away. It's like you have all of your hormones in your body. Your your ghrelin, ghrelin, yeah, is specifically. I've seen that. I've heard of that before. Makes you very very hungry, but then they subside. Yeah, it says the one guy I watched. He's a uh, I watched his YouTube videos when I was uh, working out all the time. He's very, um, very intelligent when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "You, you'll get the ghrelin spikes throughout the day, but if you can just overcome it, then it'll subside." Yeah, which is good for if you're trying to, you know, if you're on a, um, a calorie deficient diet or whatever, you're trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. He said, "If you can just make it past those times when you're insanely hungry, then it'll it'll subside." Yeah. I figured it's the same thing with fasting too. Yeah, and another thing which I'm actually doing, uh, switching to a higher fat content diet and reducing your carbohydrates. Yeah, will also aid in not feeling hungry all the time. And I'm not going to go into why that is, but that's what I've been doing since December, early December of last year. Has been eating. I've been eating a pretty high protein, high fat diet with around seventy grams of carbohydrates a day, which is not much at all. Um, so I haven't reduced carbs. I'm not telling anybody to go on a ketogenic diet because uh, that's not ketogenic, but it's definitely a higher fat than most people are comfortable with, and that'll that will aid in not feeling as hungry all the time, which I can attest to. Uh, from a, an experiential and a literary, uh, just because it's in the literature, that that's also a, a side effect of a high-fat diet. You just don't get hungry. But anyways. There you go. So <clears throat> um, kind of to, to cap off what I'm saying here and tying it into our whole COVID conversation is that you're quarantined, you're going to have a lot more time to yourself than you would otherwise. So take this opportunity to come to know yourself. You don't have to go on a 12 labor journey and go into the recesses of your mind at full-fledged force, but it's an opportunity to get to know yourself and what you value, what's important to you. Um. And I would, I would almost bet 
that if you do take this this opportunity and think about those things, th- you'll look at your life and you will see a bit of conflict with the things that you are doing and the things that you value. And I, I, I can 100% say that, that that has been true of me before. Um, I say that, oh, you know, I'm... I'm really passionate about this. I really like this. This is really important to me. It's like, but my actions don't align with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just take the time. I mean, what else are you going to do? Stare at your wall? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're quarantined. Take the time. Take a little bit of time just to just to know yourself. Explore your mind a little bit. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say something that'll tie into that too. Um, speaking of quarantine, I've been watching a lot of TV. Which is probably not the best thing to do while you're quarantined, but uh, talking about the ninja moves earlier, I am almost finished with Naruto, and <laughs> just just hear me out. Just hear me out. Just hear me out. I'm not gonna talk about how you should watch anime shows or do this or that, but for me personally, that is the greatest. It's not even over with. The greatest show that I've ever watched in my whole life. <laughs> And you can think that's crazy or funny, but the lessons that it teaches, and some people might not even look at it this way, but the lessons that it teaches throughout the show are, I mean, they align with like everything you just said, like reflecting on yourself. What would you do in this situation? How would you go about doing this? What can you change about yourself? What do you want to be? What do you aspire to be? And dude, it's just like the greatest, it's the greatest show I've ever watched. Hands down, the best show ever. And uh, one thing that they talked about on there was um, being a leader and leading out in front of people. And I won't spoil the story of the show, but um, the main character, Naruto, obviously, he he aspires to be the leader of his village. And um, there's always people that, like, try to persuade him otherwise, talking about how... um, Oh, well, okay, I'll start by saying this. He has such a big influence on his friends and those people around him in the show that they want to do what they can to help him. So whatever it be, whether they, you know, they train with him because he's a ninja, he's training to be strong, or they give their life for him. It's like being a leader doesn't mean that you're stepping over people that have helped you. It means that they're just pushing you along from behind. So, like, there was this one scene where one of his good buddies uh, stepped in the way and died so that Naruto wouldn't die. And, uh, like, the main antagonist or whatever was like, you see that? You're stepping over the bodies of your friends just to get what you want. And he was like, no. The leader is in front of him, and he influences those behind him so much that they would be willing to do that for him. So it's like he pushed him along from behind, but he's not stepping over him. And it's, it's just full of little nuances like that and little lessons that you can learn mm-hmm. about pain and hatred and just overcoming things like that dude it's i can't even I, w- I could spend an hour and a half talking about it but it's the greatest show that i've ever watched in my whole life like i've told you in paxton i will watch it one day like it, it it genuinely has my interest i don't i don't laugh at naruto because i'm like no that's stupid like i i believe y'all but uh i just haven't got around to watching it yet it's a commitment too it's like both of them together is like 
seven or eight hundred episodes oh my at twenty five minutes apiece. Oh my gosh. So I spent a lot of time watching it, but anyway, yeah, that's we, all I had to say. We talked about, about that. Movies. We talked about that several months ago on the podcast. Yeah, I you still start finished it yet. <laughs> but yeah, especially with like um a kid on the way, it's like what would you do? And that that's like Naruto's main spiel is that all he wants to do is protect those people that he loves and cares about. So it's like, what would you do for somebody that you care about? You know, it's like a time of reflection, whether it be going out of your way to do something nice for somebody, or if there's someone you truly care about, would you, would you die for them? Would I die for my family? Yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to think about. Yeah. If someone you care about more than anything in the world was going to die and you could exchange your life to let them live, would you do that? That's hard. That's hard. That's insanely hard. And I might be taking that, you know, too literally because I hopefully nobody ever has a situation like that. But just to think about it, let it let it percolate in your mind. That's the thing, though, man. If that's the way that the show elicits emotion in you, just let that. That's that's a beautiful thing about art is like that in a song. People hear the same song and they get something different out of that song and it's not wrong or right who knows what the the artist was going through but the way that it affects other people is what really um is what is really fascinating about how art is interpreted and for example like a tv show it's a different it's a different art form but if it touches you in that way dude i mean what's wrong with that that's totally positive if it's giving you lessons of leadership and how to deal with hatred and pain and, and real life things like that, dude, interpret it that way all you want to. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Yep. So if anybody's looking for a uh a show to watch during quarantine, <laughs> Naruto. That's my that's what's my, it on? That's my what two platforms on. is it on? Uh well there's two. It has regular Nar the original Naruto. It's on Netflix, I think, and on Hulu. And then the second one is on second uh, installment of it is on Hulu. Isn't the second one like Naruto Shippuden? Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. S-H-I-P-P-U-D-E-N. I don't know how you pronounce that, but. I'm glad, I'm glad that we, we got back and did the podcast. Do you have anything else that you're burning Dude, to no. talk about? I'm sure we missed something, but that'll just give us some more fuel for yeah. a later episode. So we'll we'll talk about this right now. I'm I'm kind of on this page that since I'm down, I mean we could we could do a podcast, you know, kind of on the reg. Yeah, we can fire back up for now. Okay, till times change. Yeah, yeah, I figure it'll be pretty difficult once you have a kid. Yeah, I'll bring him on. Let's let him sit over here with us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, oh, man. if there's COVID around, Courtney won't let him go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Which there might be. Due date is July the fifth, so. They say the peak will be in like six weeks, so it it's might true. still be rocking and rolling by then. We're going to try and get some uh, what we'll refer to as non-invasive guests. Um, like my dad, he'd come on. He'd come oh, on yeah. and I'd like to talk to your dad. his two cents. That'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a really interesting one for sure. <clears throat> my, dad, my dad is an interesting human being. I will say that. I will say that we can have... Uh, I bet Russell would come on too. Yeah, which that'd is be my funny. stepdad. Also, 
also an interesting human being. That's yeah. all we bring on here, though. We're not going to bring on any fuddy duds. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else that you want to say? That's all I got, man. All right. That's well. all I got. Guys, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. It's been a while. We're going to try and fire it back up. And to the loyals, you'll get some good content. Yep. Tell your friends. You got nothing else to do yeah. on quarantine. Tell them to listen to a little casual conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you can go follow me on Instagram at GaryTheGreat96. And also, I have a personal account now. Ooh. Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, -T, dot columns, C-O-L-L-U-M-S. And that's on Instagram as well. And you can find me on Instagram at Will underscore Pennington zero zero and on Twitter at the scavenger 23. You can also find our podcast Instagram page at casual conversation. It's been pretty bare for the past five months, but, uh, I'm going to try and, I'm we'll going to fire and, back up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and, uh, post a little bit more regularly on that. And what I'm going to do, cause we have, we have good, we have good podcasts that we have done, and since I switched my music account over to Strictly Music, like all of our posts that we made on our old podcasts are gone. Yeah. So I'm actually going to repost some of our older podcasts that you can yeah. go and check out. That'd be good during during this uh, this time of quarantine. Yep. So there you go. Anyways, back back in action. What'd you say? Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. <laughs> All right, guys, y'all take it easy. Gary out. Oh. Later.